Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we will be looking at the season finale down in Miami. Uh, Patriots versus Miami. Of course, Patriots have clinched a playoff spot, but the seeding is undecided. As a matter of fact, they could go as high as the number one seed, depending on what happens this weekend. So it's a big game down in Miami. Of course, we all know Tom Brady struggled down in Miami. How will Mac Jones do in Miami? It's a big question. And we're going to end with five-minute fantasy today. Uh, a few, few victory laps, maybe a few walks of shame as well. So it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's Keegan, just me and you tonight. Uh, Spags has something come up, so it's just uh, just me and you. We're we're flying. Uh, I would say flying solo, but we're together. Uh, so just like we're de- just like we were down to Houston. So uh, so yeah. So it's gonna be fun. Honestly, last week was some of the most fun I've had watching the Patriots all year because it was just so easy and they just dominated from beginning to end so well. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, you knew it from the start too, and it wasn't even like from the start of the game. It was oh, it's Jacksonville week. Everybody take a breath. Like coming off two losses, who better to play than than Jacksonville right. and blow their doors off? And you know, Kieran said it last night on his show on three uh, three and out. He was like, Jacksonville, they get beat, but the Patriots beat them more than anybody else beat them this year. If that makes sense, right. so it, it's nice to see them take care of business the way we knew they could. It was just a matter matter of if they were going to or not. One hundred percent. And the Patriots, you know, now have put up fifty points twice in a season, uh, twice this year. Uh, I think the only team this year to do it, I think they're the first yep. team since like the 2012, the oh, 2014 Packers. Yeah. Is that right? That was- okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, but it's like, you know, that doesn't happen to put up 50 points twice, twice in a year. And I know, yes, one of them was against the Jets and one of them was against the Jags. I get it. Like, that's true. But like the Jets beat the Titans, the Jaguars beat the Bills. Like, I mean, so yes, obviously these teams stink. We know that. But then they beat team. I mean, for for the love of God, they beat they beat um, the Bills nine to six. The Bills scored yeah. six points against that team, and you scored fifty. So of course, you know weird things happen in every game. But like, you know, to go in and, and put on the type of performance that they did when they had really crappy weeks back to back weeks, uh, you know, it's it's really not. It, it was it was impressive to see. Yeah, and I mean, we forget they put up forty five on on Cleveland. 
And we talked mm-hmm. about victory laps earlier. I said they were going to score more points right. on defense than Cleveland would on offense. They tied. It's still pretty damn good, you know? So they've they've taken care of business when they were supposed to. Yep. And I think in the grand scheme of things this season, that's been one of the nice things because last year, like, they'd go out and beat Baltimore, who they had no right beating at all in, like, driving rain. And then they'd, they'd come back the next week in a team that they could have beaten, and then they end up losing. You know what I'm saying? So it's, right. it's nice to see. I think that's some growth that we've seen. Even earlier this season with Miami, we'll get into it in a minute, but they should have beaten Miami week one because Miami lost seven straight after that. Right. And, you know, they didn't end up doing it, but as they've come along, they've started to take care of business. So uh, the sign of a, of a good, if not just decent team, is being able to take care of business. Well, and I think that's a good point, right? And it does bring us right into Miami. It's a good segue into Miami. That was a pro segue, kind of like a spag segue right there. I'm learning. I'm it's learning. Like he, it's like he's here. You know what I mean? Um, but, um, but you know, it's, it, Miami is an interesting case because they did win seven in a row. Now, they played mostly crap during those seven-game stretch, although they did beat the Ravens in there. Uh, but they played mostly crap in that seven-game stretch. But, again, just like you said, it doesn't matter who you play. Ultimately, you still have to win those games. And they're hard. it's hard to win in the NFL. And, you know, they did that. And so now you're looking at it saying, all right, Miami's not technically out, but they'll be out with a loss, of course. If they beat you, there's a possibility they get in. They still may not get in if they beat you, but there's a good chance that they get in if they beat you. So they have a lot to play for. You have you're less about Miami? To, yeah. Miami's out. My, Miami's eliminated. You're right. Oh, that's right. They're out of there. Yep, that's my mistake. So but you're right. still – you're gonna say seating. Right, right. And that that's the biggest thing for me is that the seating. And now I think Miami's a, a, a well coached, a fairly well coached team. I think that they are limited. Two is an interesting I will talk about two in a minute. But like but I just I am curious to see how they play against Miami because I think Miami is a pretty good team, right? And so they're not a crap team like the Jaguars or the Jets, but they're also not really a good team either, right? So they're you know, they can play well at times. But that's a team the Patriots should really beat, um, you know, and so we'll kind of see how it goes. I'm hoping they win, of course. I think everyone is. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to tell us a lot about about where they're going, um, you know, this weekend. Yeah, Miami, they're like Swiss cheese, you know. Like, it's they've got holes yeah. everywhere. That offensive line, specifically the left yeah. side with, with yeah. two guys that they've that's drafted bad. in back-to-back drafts, that's a bad offensive line. They've given Tua, who, you, like you said, we're going to talk about him. They've given him no time to do anything. All of his highlights you'll see are him falling backwards and making a throw, uh, which half of his throws are he's retreating. You know, yeah. So that offensive line's bad. Their running backs are terrible. That's the second-worst rushing offense in the NFL. So offensively, you shouldn't have an issue stopping them. It's just, you know, it's a solid defense. And they, they've got playmakers. Jalen Phillips, who I was dead wrong about in the draft, is a stud. Um, you know, in the middle, like Christian Wilkins and Emmanuel Ogba and, and those guys, Raekwon Davis, the, you know, big boys in the middle that can stop the run. So it, it's a solid team who can win games, but they've got holes. And the Patriots should be a team and, and have been a team that can poke holes in, in teams and, and take advantage of those, those situations. So uh, I think personally, if you, can, if you can run the ball on them, you'll have no problem beating them. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. And that's it's it's kind of funny because you look at it and say, OK, if Damian Harris doesn't fumble in week one, he just does, just that one thing changes about the season. Everything else in the season yep. stays the same. But that one thing that changes where he doesn't fumble there, the Patriots win that game. 
And now the Patriots are sitting in the one seed as opposed to sitting in the five seed, right? And so it's just, it's crazy how much of a difference it can make. And we talked about seeding already, but like the Patriots have a chance to be the one seed at the end of the, now it's incredibly improbable that that would happen. 0.03, I saw. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, it would, the Bills would have to lose to the Jets. The Chiefs would have to lose to the Broncos. Broncos, Broncos? Yep. Yep. Oh, Jesus. And the, uh, and the Titans would have to lose to the, to the Texans. So it's not going to happen, but like theoretically it is possible for it to happen. And so, you know, but just the fact that they're there uh, in that spot is pretty unbelievable. And we all predicted 11 and six before the season. So like we kind of saw them here. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I want I know, that one. Right? Uh, me too. Me too. That'd be nice to get, to get that one right. At least, you know, although I had them at 11 and six and missing the playoffs, but I just thought, I thought this AFC was going to be really good. And you kind of saw it though, because the AFC, everybody's the same team in the right. AFC. It's they're right. all the same. I yeah. think everybody's scared of playing everybody, but also everybody thinks they could beat everybody. It's well, and that's the crazy thing wild. is that you you look at it and say, okay, the Patriots have only beaten two teams in the playoffs. Okay, but so wasn't everyone else. Kansas City's beaten one, I think. I think Tennessee's beaten one. Like, it, it just it's like the teams that are in have lost to all the teams that are. It's like crazy. You look at it yeah. and say, all these teams have lost all these teams. So it's just like you know. It's almost like no one's proven, but everyone's proven because no one's proven. <laughs> it's like, that, you know? And you see it in the NFC where all you need is one team to be dominant. Right. And everything else falls where it's supposed to because they'll they'll take a couple losses away from other teams. The middle class will, you know, shake out like it usually does. And then you've got a normal playoff alignment where Green Bay's at the top. There's a couple teams fighting for the last seed at the end of the year. But everybody else is kind of where they're going to be. The AFC is... We beat them, they beat them, they beat them, and then everybody's beating each other, and it, everybody's the same team. So uh, without the dominant team that we, we've we seen the Patriots be for the past 20 years, the AFC is kind of a shit show. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. So um, I, honestly, I think – and I want to get – I want to circle back to, to Tuanon um, because I love – Big Cat talks about, you know, he's in two and on and believes that, you know, two is a great quarterback and everything. I, I love it. I think it's hysterical. Um, I actually traded for Tua in one of my dynasty leagues before the season started because I was – well, I looked at it and said, Parker, Waddle, and Will Fuller. And I'm like, wow, like this could be good because Will Fuller never plays, which is which is on me. I should have known that. Like, Will Fuller doesn't play. Uh, Waddle's been great. But, like, the thing about Waddle is that he's a deep threat who has – I don't think he's caught a deep pass this year because he can't, because as you said, like they can't block for him. Um, but you know, Tua is an interesting case. It's almost like we don't know. Still don't know what two is going to be right. Even though two has had a lot of chances and he's now in his second year. Um, it's like, you're still not sure the jury's still out on Tua because he has no time. He has no running game. The, the offensive play calling. Sometimes you're like, what the hell is going on here? Right. But you know, and PFT says it all the time. Like it just seems like every game, the ball is just on the ground next to Tua at some point, like yep. just randomly, right? Like, why is the ball? Why? What's the ball doing on the ground? Like, how'd that happen? You know? So, like, and, and so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I, I think Max already better than me. I, that's we, how I, right. We t- I I would probably agree with you there. We we talked a lot or yesterday about we kind of all came to this general consensus that Tua is just the new age average quarterback, where new age football. Every quarterback's going to throw stupid interceptions. They're all going to make mistakes. They're all going to make unbelievable plays. That's just the way football is now. Yes. And he's the average where I think 
He'll probably probably make a couple more bad plays than good plays, but he's like a net zero. He's kind of like he's not going to help you win. He's not going to for he's not going to be the guy that makes you lose. I don't think either. Um, right. and, and where I come to it is when you talk about a quarterback, it's would you would you try to move on and see if you could get better, or do you just keep him and build a team around him? I think it's a, there's a higher likelihood that they build a team and they get better with him than right. trying to move on and get somebody else, especially from this draft. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I I think the the one person I would take over him that's feasible this offseason would be Kirk Cousins. Everybody else, it's like, yeah, just take Tua. Just yeah. try to build around him. Well, I agree. And, and the other part about, about Kirk Cousins is that he's super expensive. So it's like even if you were to get Cousins, you'd have to pay an arm and a leg for him, whereas Tua's on his rookie deal. So, you know, that gives you the added benefit of, of playing with him, you know. And so maybe a guy like Deshaun Watson, they've been linked to him forever since before all the allegations came out. Yep. So and even after the allegations came out, they were still linked to him about, oh, maybe they'll trade for him anyways, even though who knows if he's if he's guilty or not, right? So that obviously is going to play out, I would assume, this offseason, right? You That stuff will go yep. to trial and we'll decide, I guess a jury will decide whether he's guilty or not or he'll settle or who knows what's going to happen. Um, but, you know... That's going to depend on a, a lot of a lot of stuff. What happens, but uh, you know, I just think I do think Miami has a chance to be okay, right? And Zach Wilson, yeah. now like I don't know, Zach Wilson stinks, but like, could he get better? Maybe. So like now you have four young quarterbacks that are all kind of okay. I don't know, like you know, so it's like it's kind of like I want them to be okay because I think it'd be fun to have a, to have a, a division where all four of the quarterbacks are like young and pretty good. Um, but you know it is it is gonna be interesting. So, but I think Miami, grand scheme of things, you should beat Miami. Tua should not beat you. Tua as a quarterback should not beat you. It just, just shouldn't happen. Like, and I don't think the Patriots will let that happen. Um, but him as a quarterback, definitely one hundred percent should not beat you. And so, uh, Patriots should take care of business on Sunday. So, we will see about that. But I I think that that's you know that's the case. If that does happen, the Patriots now are set up. I think extremely well to make a run the team that scares me the most and the team that just scare everybody the most is kansas city because kansas city has patrick mahomes they are the best team in the afc as far as i'm concerned right i feel like everyone should feel the same way maybe they don't but i feel like everyone should probably feel the same way you're lying to yourself if, if you don't think they're the best team in the AFC. right right so the patriots now if they finish as the five seed even if somehow maybe they finish as the four seed Highly unlikely, but if that somehow happens, yeah. you don't have to play Kent. Assuming things work out the way that we think they're gonna, you won't have to play Kansas City until until next uh, until the AFC Championship game. If you get there, right, right, and so yes, is, is it going to be easy playing Buffalo or Cincinnati, whoever ends up as the four seed? Absolutely not. Is it going to be easy playing Tennessee? No, of course not. But you at least have a chance against those teams, whereas I feel like you going into you know into Kansas City, I mean, there's a very small chance of you winning those games. So, to me, I look at that and say you at least give yourself a pretty good shot if that's the case. Yeah, I think that the likelihood, you know, if, if they win the division, I think it's almost unanimous. Everybody thinks that they'd end up being the three seed, and then you get that's that's a walk in the park because. Uh, Buffalo oh, would fall to the seven seed, so you'd get you'd get either Oakland or you know Los Angeles, whoever, right? Right. But I think everybody would be willing to put their money on 
five seed New England going to Cincinnati playing the four seed Bengals. That's let's say 80% chance that's probably going to happen. And that's best case scenario first round for them. Because I look at the top four teams are, are Buffalo, Kansas City, Tennessee, Cincinnati. Those who, who are going to be the top, the top four seeds. Right. Don't want to play Buffalo or Kansas City. And if you're looking at, at Tennessee with Derrick Henry coming back and the way that team's been built and Mike Vrabel just wins football games that he's not supposed to win, yep. give me Cincinnati. Worry about right. two players and then you know move on from there. Right. Uh, but But at the end of the day, you're going to draw either Cincinnati or Buffalo in the first round. So it's let's yeah, not it's, hope for to, to, to win the division. Just hope that you don't have to see Buffalo in the, in the wild card. Round. Right. And I'll tell you what, I'm almost kind of hoping for Buffalo only because it would be so amazing to win that game. And I don't, I don't know if they will, I don't have confidence that they will win that game. But if you were somehow able to go into Buffalo and win, I would burn down Bill. I would I would take to Twitter and burn down Bill's Twitter if that were the case. Like I would go on an absolute rampage. And and our good friend Greg Thompson did the same thing for, you know, all he did was just celebrate for like three straight days, take victory laps about how the Patriots beat the, you know, how the Patriots lost to the Bills and enjoying every single second of it. And I and I don't blame him one bit. He 100% deserved it. And I would do exactly the same thing, and it would be so glorious. But on the, on the flip side, if you were to lose that game, which is pretty likely, you'd have to deal with all that crap for the next six, seven months, right? So that would be yeah, unfortunate. Tough. But it's it'd be pretty cool. I, you know, you got to remember now, Barrow's not playing on Sunday. Neither is Baker Mayfield. Baker's not as big of a loss, but, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because Barrow says that he, you know, he could play, but, like, if he could play, why the hell wasn't he playing? I mean, technically, they could still be the number one seed, right? Like, I just right. – and I know, like, the division's like – I think he might be a little bit more banged up than he's saying because otherwise, why wouldn't you put him out there? Even if it's just for, uh, you know, first half, hey, let's see how it goes first half, and then we're good to go. I feel like, you know, maybe he could gut it out and play, but he's certainly not 100%. He's certainly not even close to 100% because otherwise he'd be out there playing, I think at least. Uh, they've got the same thing with Joe Mixon too, where he finished the game. Joe Mixon was uh, there right. until the field goal attempt. Yep. But yep. He's not playing either, and that, for me, that feels more like a. If Joe Mixon gets hurt, we're kind of screwed. So let's just let's yeah. just not do it. And it's the same thing with Burrow too. So I, I would kind of lean the other way and saying, is it worth throwing two guys who are hobbled out there against a menacing defense like? Yeah, let's throw right. Joe Burrow out there That's and play Miles Garrett and <laughs> Javion Clowney. No thanks. Let's right. keep him on the sideline. Let Brandon Allen or whoever the backup is take all those hits and is live the, the fight. Are the Browns him. out? What was are that? the Browns out? I think the Browns yeah, are out. The are Browns they not? Are out. That's uh, what I thought. I think there's like a backdoor chance where they're not fully out. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, but it's but like they're like, like almost guaranteed. And then they right. get in something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and it's a similar thing with Indy too. Indy's the one team that we haven't talked about where if Indy doesn't win, they're probably out because Indy crazy, needs man. to win or Indy needs to lose. Cleveland needs to win. And then there's another one. I think Oak or Las Vegas needs to beat Los Angeles and, and Indy would be in uh, or Indy would be out if all three of those things happen. But you know, they're, it's not a hundred percent that they're going to be in. Bro. Th- think about Indy now. Indy gave up a first-round pick for Carson flipping Wentz. And, look, I I get it. I get it. You know, you're trying to get in the playoffs. You know, the whole thing. Fine. 
if they lose, if they, which they're playing Jacksonville. I mean, like if they lose, like Jesus Christ. But like, but even still, if they lose and don't make the playoffs, or if they even if they win and somehow don't make the playoffs, still, Jesus Christ, what an abject failure for them to give up a top twenty pick for Carson freaking Wentz, who stinks out loud. Like he's really bad. <laughs> You know, and so you look at it and say, man, we're going to give a first round pick for Carson Wentz. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it's similar to uh, I look back to Minnesota. And so everyone made this comp when when Jimmy G got traded, everyone made, oh, you know, they uh, the the, the Eagles got a first round pick for Sam Donald. Eagles got a first round pick for Sam Donald because the Vikings bet on themselves and said, we can make the NFC championship game with a crappy quarterback. But we need at least a mediocre to crappy quarterback to get us there. Turns out they were right. They just picked the wrong quarterback. The next year with Case Keenum, they they made it to the NFC Championship game. They picked the wrong crappy quarterback, right? So, like, and I guess the Colts did the same thing. But, man, Carson Wentz is just, he's not good. He's just not good. And, you know, I don't know. You know, whatever. I would have never made that trade if I were them. But, like, I understand what they did. I just, I hated the trade at the time. I still hate the trade. But maybe it'll work out for them because maybe they'll – who knows? They win that first-round playoff game. And I know they're going to Buffalo probably. But still, like, you know, it's – I don't know. I'm See, I'm less anti-Carson Wentz. I I would not want to cover or watch a team that has Carson Wentz playing quarterback. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he's, like, the worst quarterback in football. A lot of people will just – they kind of poo-poo him. I think he's similar to Tua where it's like he, he's kind of a zero. If he doesn't turn the ball over, you got a good chance of winning. But yeah, he'll probably turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh I, I just think that trade, that was a reach because they it's a little bit of hubris on their part, being like, we're a good football team, he's a good quarterback, that this is gonna put us over the top. No, you're a good football team, he's just he's average. And, and right. he'll make a mistake that is that is going to lose you a game eventually. You just kind of hope it's not down the stretch, like against Jacksonville, and then you lose right. out of the playoffs. That's Ugh. that's bad situation to be in as if I'm a Colts fan. Right, right. No, and that's and that's kind of where I stand on it, right? Is like, you know, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like and they're so I'm curious here. So the, the Chargers are the are the five seed right now, is that correct? The Chargers are the six seed, I'm sorry. Six seed, yep. And then the Colts are the seven seed cut right now, currently. Yes, and, and then the Raiders are just out Raiders the same record, but they're just outside. So if Vegas because wins, of the tiebreakers, right? They're seven and it bumps Indy up to six. If Los Angeles wins. I think Indy stays at seven. I'm not sure. Um, you might be right, yeah. But that's that's what I believe will happen. And the Chargers aren't right. The Chargers aren't in. The winner of that game is in. Yes, correct. Correct. The loser of that game is out. Yep. Interesting. And the Steelers. The Steelers have a chance to make it in, don't they? Or are they that's another one like where like three teams because they have the tie. they have the tie. It's like the yeah. most bizarre thing ever, dude. You know, like it's a whole thing. And that's just if we go back to Patriots, this is including ties, which a lot of whatever websites that do the, the calculations, they don't include. But including ties, the Patriots could finish one, two, three, four, five, or six, or seven. Right. It's great. Like feasibly, that could happen. Right. Which is unbelievable. I it's I'm sure it's happened before, but I can't remember the last time everything was jumbled up like this. It's just so really bizarre. Yeah. That that just shows you kind of what you're well, dealing with where everybody's the same team. Right. My favorite part about it is that the only team that can't get to the number one seed out of the top five is Buffalo. 
Yeah, very funny. <laughs> it's kind of like, wait, what? They're winning the division right now, and the Patriots have have the best chance to get the number one seed over them. You know, so makes zero sense. Yeah, no sense at all. So, um, but it's gonna be. Listen, it is gonna be fun. I, I think that I think the extra game adds a little extra wrinkle here, where like ah, it's an extra weekend that everyone's kind of. I mean, I saw Mike Renner tweet out like, "This is stupid. Like, there's an extra weekend that no one cares." And I'm like, "Well, but, but, but yeah, but like, none of the playoff seeding is decided. Like, yes, most of the teams that are in are already in, but like, none of them are are decided. So." Which is crazy. My dad just texted me. If Monday night, if Monday night ends in a tie, both the Chargers and Raiders get into the playoffs. <laughs> right. So it's like it's like so ridiculous. You know. What I mean? Who knows? You know. Maybe if I maybe maybe the Raiders and Chargers could make out a work out a deal beforehand and and decide to end in a tie, and then therefore they both make the playoffs. That just throw <laughs> interceptions every play. Just like, right. Just throw a pick with zero zero. We'll just end in a zero zero tie. No big deal. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I think it's Sunday night, right? Sunday night game. There's Sunday night. Yep. No, no game on Monday. That's the uh, that's the national championship. Right. Right. No game on Monday, except then wild card weekends. A game on Monday. Like I, that just that's yeah, so I dumb think, to me. Like yeah, Herb. So Herb Street and Fowler, who are they're like the premier college football yep. duo. They they announce crew. They're doing a Saturday game. I think they're doing whatever game Cleveland's in, something like that. They're they're playing or they're doing a Saturday game this week. This week, like two this days from now, tomorrow, right. if you're listening to the podcast. And then they're doing the national championship on Monday. And then the week after, I think they have a playoff game. Yeah, it's crazy. Which is – they're kind of throwing everything at those two guys. Yeah, so. I mean, hey, what the heck, right? We'll it's, take it's it. It's weird here with everything because the NFL, it used to be set in who would play. We, we were talking about it in the Slack channel or right. they were trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but there used to be a set way. Now I think it's just – Whatever committees like, I want to see this game here, this game here. This would make the most sense, and they kind of play it by ear. Right, wild card weekend. And I think, and then I think, uh, divisional weekend it reverts back to the same thing where it's like, okay, if you Lower. get the early game on Saturday, you get the late game on Sunday, and you, it's right. vice versa. So, um, but yes, wild card weekend is like it's a it's a free for all, you know. So, um, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, this is. This is the time of year, of course, that everyone's excited about. This is what we this is what we're here for, right? Um, and the Patriots are back in it. They missed it for one year. Patriots are back in it. Bill Belichick, by the way, twenty seasons with ten or more with twenty. That's outrageous. And of course, ties him with Don Shula, um, you know, for uh, for the most all time. And I mean, it's just I don't know how the hell I don't know how the hell he's done it. I mean, obviously, I know how he's done it because he had Brady for 20 years. But, yeah, but like, still, you know, like, the fact that he was able to do that. And I think this is the third time he's done it without him. He did it with Castle in 08. He did it this year. And then he did it. They had 11 wins uh, in 94 in Cleveland. Uh, matter of fact, his first ever playoff win was against yeah. Bill Parcells. Um, is that Testa Verde? I think Vinny T was the quarterback that year. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yep. So Matt Castle and Mac Jones, just yeah, crazy, right? I mean, right. right. That's that's one of those things where you're like, oh my god, you know. So, um, but yeah, that was fun. Matter of fact, they were saying uh, Cleveland related the the last rookie quarterback to beat him on the road was um, was uh, was what's it called? Uh, was Bledsoe in '93 in yep. Cleveland? So, which is cool. It's it's always fun to see those things where you're like. It's been that long since like something like that happened. Nineteen ninety three since since a rookie quarterback went on the road and beat and beat a Belichick team. So, um, you know, it's hey, look, we have been so blessed here 
we've been so lucky here to have for 20 years uh, playoff games and and playoff games to watch into into January. I felt like last year's playoffs didn't even happen. I don't even remember them. Like I'm like ah, you know what? I don't even remember. Kind of a I know. Blur. Yeah, like I know Brady won the, the obviously the four games that he played, and I remember the decision to kick the field goal instead of going for it for Green Bay. Green Bay, yep. But I don't. I honestly don't couldn't tell you anything about any any of the other games. Like if, I can't, you know. You put a gun to my head and told me to name the AFC playoff teams from last year. No shot. I'm gone. I'm done. Because no, <laughs> no. no chance I'm doing that. Yeah, I know. And no it's chance. not even like it's not even that you you don't pay attention just because the Patriots aren't in it. It's just right. Like like I said earlier, last without, year was such a weird year too. Without that team, like Kansas City wasn't even the team who blew doors throughout. They, right. they did in the playoffs, but throughout the year, it was kind of like, did they were they the two seed last year? They might have been. So, no, uh, were, were they the two seed last year? No, I don't think so. I thought they were the one seed. This is ridiculous. I know we could just Google it. I think they were the one seed, though. Who the hell would have been the one seed last year if it wasn't Kansas City? Yeah, everyone know. else stunk last year. No one, the Bills didn't get a buy, the Chiefs got a buy, and the Ravens. Oh, were the Ravens the one seed last year? I think the no, Ravens like, were. Were let's they? See, let's see. Let's see. The Patriots beat the Ravens last year for Christ's sake. By the way, Oliver, I'm feeling much better. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, yes, I uh, I did Kansas test positive City. for COVID. I thought so. Yeah, I did test positive for COVID last year. Last week, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, oh, technically, I guess was it last year? Yeah, technically it was last year. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm feeling much better. All three kids got it, so we've been home all week. But and school's canceled tomorrow, which is pretty nice. So this week off. Um, but yeah, but this year, you know, this year's playoffs, I think can be a lot more memorable. And as you said, in the AFC, anything can happen. And with Belichick as your coach, you give yourself a chance in every single game because you have the coach and that's Tennessee's the same way. And Kansas city's the same way. And I think Buffalo for the most part is the same way. Like <laughs> you have a good coach, right? And I, yeah. Buffalo's coach isn't quite as good, but I think Buffalo's coach is pretty good. So you give yourself a chance to play and win every single game because of that. And so, you know, is it likely that they're going to win, uh, you know, four games and win the Super Bowl? Of course not. But, like, it's one game. You just have one game to play against one opponent, and there's a chance that you can win that game. And that's all we want. That's all you're looking for is just give us a chance to get there. And uh, and it, it's pretty it's pretty exciting and pretty fun. So, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's Cincinnati or Buffalo next weekend, it's going to be uh, – it's going to be – a lot of fun to finally be back in the playoffs after, you know, a, a miserable playoff drought. I mean, shit, they haven't won a playoff game in three years. I mean, that's like, that's unbelievable. But, I mean, it's a hell of a starting off point for the rebuild. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, this is this is the start of the rebuild, and it's just, right. yeah, you're back in the playoffs, and you're, you've got a good team. And it's right. like other teams would kill for that. The start of a rebuild for most teams is number one pick. Let's see if right. we can get a stud, you know, and they well, kind of and- just – flipped it on its head what's hilarious about it is that in the off season that's one of the biggest things that i remember rich keith was saying it um and i kind of agree with him was like you signed cam newton and you failed miserably instead of tanking last year you won seven games which ended which and you ended up in the middle of the first round like what the hell are you doing why are you so dumb for doing that right and and like trying to win games that's stupid but you're building a culture with a young team to now this year, you get Mac at 15 anyways without giving up any future assets. And 
then you look at it and say, okay, now we're back in the playoffs, right? We won seven games last year. You kind of instill that culture in some of the young guys. You had a good draft last year. You had a great draft this year. You end up with Mack and Barmore. And then, of course, Stevenson. Like, it, it's some of those things for me where it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, what they've done in these last two years is is outrageous. And, in, you know, to be here in this moment, you know, I think when, when Brady left in 2020, right, on – on um, on uh, uh, friggin' um, St. Patrick's Logan Day 20, oh, 2020, sorry, right? Yeah. Uh, you know we look. Well, Logan Ryan picking up. Yeah, that was bad. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say that. Yeah, that was the last play. Yep. Um, but you know, but we left on St. Patrick's Day. I think if you had said two years from now we'll have the guy that we think is going to be the quarterback of the future and be in the playoffs, people would be like, "What? Are you sh-? like? Okay, sure, we'll take that." You know, so to be back here is is pretty impressive. Yeah, good football team. They've mm-hmm. they've got one, and it's not even half of the league can say that. Not even all the playoff teams can say that because they're got mm-hmm. their team. Like New Orleans might sneak into the playoffs. That's not a good team. They they stink, and and they don't have the quarterback. They don't have what you have. So, but yeah, being able to find the quarterback, and I didn't think it was going to be the guy. I don't know if you thought he was going to be the guy. Spags knew, but <laughs> other than that, yeah. you know, he came in. He's done a good job so far. So, well, uh, and Oliver uh, said it. He's not yeah. wrong. This Belichick fella, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he kind of does. He kind of does, yeah. doesn't he? You know what? And I, I, I was been on. I we were on record as saying we wanted them to trade up a fields. We were all fields guys, and, and Spags is a fields guy too. But like, we all wanted them to trade up a fields, and and I wanted it too. And I didn't necessarily dislike Mac. I just again, and I, you know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I just felt like in order for him to succeed, he had to play like Brady, and like the fact. I was going to sit here and say, oh, we're going to find the next Tom Brady. Like, I just felt like that is so ridiculous to think that we're going to find the next Tom Brady and he's going to look like Tom Brady. That's just dumb. I'm like, there's no way that you can possibly pull that off, right? And they found, you know, again, he's not Tom Brady. But, like, you know, they found the next quarterback and he plays like Tom Brady. And it's like, what the hell? How the hell did you do that? Like, <laughs> they, found, they found a guy who can play a similar style. Right. I like to say it like that. Don't even put Brady's name out no, there. No, that's a good point. People are going to lose point. their mind. Right, right. That's a good point. They, they yeah. found the style quarterback that they, they, they know they can be successful with. Right. Which is accurate, makes right decisions, doesn't right. isn't going to lose you a football game, which is it's nice to watch because you'll see other teams and they've got guys out there like Zach Wilson who he'll just chuck it and see what happens. And that's, right. that's bad football. So, yeah. They, yeah, they I know. The right for sure. They are, uh, they are extremely lucky. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things, man. And I'm, I, I've been a Belichick truther for a long time, as most people have. But like you know, but I just feel like he got a bad rap for some bad drafts. He did have some bad drafts. He had some bad misses, um, you know. And, and even like they're ex- they're, you know, I I think exacerbated by the fact that like he misses on a player. When Belichick misses on a player, he doesn't just miss on a player. He like aggressively misses on a player. Oh yeah, like he trades up for Chad Jackson. And instead of drafting Chad Jackson, instead of drafting Greg Jennings, he drafts Chad Jackson. Like, not great. Instead of drafting friggin' Keenan Allen, he drafts Aaron Dobson. Like, it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, you missed. And then, there of course, we all. 14 players that you could say for Nikhil Harry. Right. And that's what I mean. So it's like, you know, you have this, like, unbelievable stable of players and you missed on, you know, all these wide receivers you've missed on them. And it's like, hey, look, things happen. You know, you took, yep. you know, whatever. So. And even even uh, I believe it was um, was it uh, what's his name Easley Dominique Easley I believe was over to Marcus Lawrence was it not like yep. that's just yikes. Like three picks before him Lawrence went <laughs> right. first in the second round right. I, he, like, 
My Bill God. Belichick, he'll hit you a grand slam home run. Yep. He'll hit you a double, or he'll strike out on one pitch. That's yep. those are the three, and there's right. nothing, no, there's no really in between. Isn't. There really yeah, isn't. He, there's no singles yep. in Bill Belichick's arsenal. It's no. it's all nope. or nothing. Yeah. So and and you know for the most part, what's crazy about it is that he's. He, he does really well on hitting on some of those guys, you know, where you're like those undrafted guys came out of nowhere and you're like, holy crap, JC Jackson, Malcolm Butler, you know, J- uh, Jacoby Myers, like, you know, on and on. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And players that like Stephen Neal didn't even play football in college. And, you know, so it's just, uh, you know, they, yeah, he's he's hit on enough, but he's certainly missed some. And that's the way it goes, you know. So anyways, we're just we're kind of rambling. So let's get into we're going to do five minute fancy, but five minute fancy be a little bit different this year. The fantasy football season is over for most of you, hopefully for all of you, because anyone that's playing week 18 in fantasy is just dumb. But it happens every now and again. But um, I'm going to hit the five minute timer. Uh, but now that this fantasy season's over, I thought we'd kind of take a look at some players that we were especially high on or that we were especially low on that we missed or that we hit as well. So I'm going to start because my number one guy and uh, and Mike Daddy's home uh, fantasy football, who was on here with us before, his guy this year was Damian Harris. Damian Harris, I was screaming from the rooftops. Damian Harris this year is going to be a beast. He's going to be a wide. He's going to be a running back two at worst, and you're getting him as a running back three or four. And I had Damian Harris on a billion rosters this year, and although I didn't, I never. Of course, he was out during that first playoff matchup. But, uh, you know, I, although didn't hit, he was great all year. Uh, and he's almost got 1,000 yards rushing. He's got 14 rushing touchdowns. He had, He's had a hell of a year, right? And so he's one of those guys where I was like, I nailed it. I nailed that pick. Um, so I was high on him, a lot higher than a lot of people were on him. And I nailed it. A pick, another Patriots player that I was very high on this year was John Smith. That was a massive, massive mistake. I had said before the year, I thought John U. Smith and Hunter Henry would both be top, would be tight end ones, which means top 12 tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry was. He was, I think he finished 10th or 11th. Um, and uh, and John U. Smith was like 49th. I mean, that's not accurate. I don't know what number he was, but he was really low. He was terrible. Uh, but as a matter of fact, in the Scott Fishbowl, which I'm wearing the, doing the little Scott Fishbowl shirt, in the Scott Fishbowl, I got sniped of Jonu Smith right before my pick uh, in the ninth round. That I was so mad because I was I was literally going to take Jonu in the ninth, which I thought was early, but still was going to take him in the ninth round. It was a tight end premium league, which is why you get a full point instead of half a point per catch and a full point instead of half point per first down. So they get more points, but either way, so I didn't take him. So instead, I settled for Brandon Cooks in the ninth and Hunter Henry in the tenth. So like not taking Jonu Smith was the best thing that happened to my to my Scott Fishbowl team. Um, but those two guys, and I, I have a few more, but I don't know if you have anyone or not, but those two guys were like my two biggest, my biggest hit. And then my biggest whiff were those two guys. Yeah. I'll do the same thing. I hit a grand slam on Debo Samuel, uh, wide receiver four in, in our league, you know, with the way we score things, he was, he was wide receiver four. I took him in the 10th round. Yeah. 10th round, fourth pick. So just, I, if he's not listed as a running back slash wide receiver next year, there's an issue. Yeah. It, fix it uh right. just great player i kind of got screwed because my running back sucked and if i had if i if i was able to put him cordero got it like there's no reason that cordero yeah. patterson should have it and debo doesn't that's stupid right so i, I got kind of screwed cause, like my ad miles sanders was my running back one by the end of the year because injuries and yeah so that sucked um and then 
I really missed, and it, it's not so much my fault or, or his fault, but Russell Wilson was just a massive disappointment this year for me. He was I, awful. I had him, him and Derek Carr were like two guys that I had to roll with every week, which Derek Carr will get you 25 and then he'll get you three. Yep. So, uh, but, but you know that, and that's the risk you're willing to take when you drafted a quarterback high. I drafted uh, Wilson pretty high, and he just, after the injury, came back too soon. I think that it's easy to say they lost like four straight after he came back. They just right. scored zero points for the first time in his career. Just he, he had the worst season fantasy wise he's ever had. So, or he's had since his second year in the league. So, uh, tough that, that I, I went with him. Let's see when I drafted him. Cause that's, uh, well, it was a little bit yeah. different too. We were in a we were in a super flex league, so it was a little bit different. Yeah, but second round. <laughs> yeah, second no, round on Russell Wilson. Not that's great. tough. Not great. Yeah, and again, we played two quarterbacks, so it's a little different. But still, that's that's really on him. Uh, Oliver he said he was the huge third on quarterback Kenny. taken off the board, so that's tough. The third quarterback overall. Oh, that's bad. I think so. No, that can't be right. But either way, it doesn't matter. That's bad. That's not good. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Oliver was high on. Not great. Not great there, buddy. Uh, for him, but you know what are you gonna do. Uh, I was super high on Michael Pittman this year. Loved Pittman. Uh, he ended up working out great this year. Um, I was very high. Now, here's a guy for me. Kyler Murray's a guy for me. I was so high on Kyler this year. I thought he had a chance to be QB1. When he played, he was very good. Problem, the issue with Kyler Murray is he doesn't play every game. That's the issue with Kyler Murray. Will he ever be an elite fantasy player? I don't know because you can't trust him to play every game. And so that's the biggest issue with him. You're going to have to take him high because he's going to score a ton of points. But I think from now on, I'm going to steer clear of Kyler Murray, and I'm going to take guys that are getting drafted around where he's getting drafted, like Josh Allen is a great example of that. I will gladly – oh, there's a timer. But I will gladly take Josh Allen over Kyler Murray anytime in the future because I can trust that Josh Allen's going to play every game. I can no longer trust Kyler's going to play every game. I figured, oh, he'll be healthy this year. Once he's healthy, he'll be fine. And he just and he he just wasn't. And so like that's a guy for me that I was kind of like missed out on that. And the last one is Michael Pittman. I freaking love Michael Pittman. Love the kid. Already. He was so good. No, no, I didn't say Pittman. Well, who did you I say? Think, did I? I yeah, said, said I said Damian Harris. No, he said Pittman before. Did I say Pittman before. too? Okay. Yep. All right, fine. Well, I I'll double down on my double love for, down. for uh for Michael Pittman. And then the other guy that helped me out the most was Cordell Patterson because I didn't draft him in any leagues, but I picked him up right away. And then he had an absolute terrible end of the season. And so, like, he was great all year. Um, but that, and the guy that I missed on the biggest, my biggest whiff of the year, Jerry Judy. Makes me so sad to even say that man's name. I love Jerry Judy so much. I traded for him in like all of my dynasty leagues. And I'm just praying that, that they get a quarterback. They have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and they have KJ Hill. And all of, and, and they have no fan. And all of their receivers had horrendous fantasy years because their quarterbacks can't get them the freaking ball. It's just like it, – it's ridiculous, dude. Like I just – Denver has to get a quarterback. They have to get a freaking quarterback. They they are loaded offensively. Now they have Javante Williams too, and and uh, and Gordon played well this year too. Like they have to get a freaking quarterback, man, because they are loaded offensively if they can ever figure it out. They haven't evaluated and, and you know acquired a quarterback. It since John Elway, <laughs> like right. Peyton right. Manning signed with them. Yeah, he was like a five-time MVP. They didn't really evaluate how yeah. good he was. They were know, like, they oh, this, this guy Peyton Manning. We should we should pick yeah. this guy up. You know, like great. Like 
like Jake Plummer was their last good quarterback before it just right. horrendous. Jake I mean, Cutler, you're right. who was <laughs> the epitome of an average quarterback in the, so the late 2000s, but and they gave uh, up. So did they trade him? Right, they traded him for Kyle for Kyle Orton. For Kyle Orton. That, well, that's because Cutler wanted out. Right. No, I know, yeah. but but they won that trade for with Kyle Orton yeah. because Cutler stinks, you know. Yeah. So man, what a what a mess. Oh, Kyle, freaking Jay Cutler. But you're right. You're right. Think about that, dude. They haven't had a they haven't evaluated and acquired a good quarterback since John Elway. The only reason they got Elway was because Elway refused <laughs> to play for the Colts. <laughs> so oh, it's like man. unbelievable. That team, you know? It's it's upsetting how bad that team is, or or how good they've been because right. they, they don't deserve any of it. No, they, <laughs> they just had two generational quarterbacks fall in their lap, and they won Super Bowls with them. Right, right, yep. So, anyways, that's it. So, uh, so I hope you guys all enjoyed our fantasy content. We're gonna try to do more, have more fantasy people on next year. I kind of dropped the ball on that this year. I didn't, I didn't do enough work uh, to kind of get more fantasy people on, but. We had fun with it. Uh, we'll probably do the same thing next year. I'm already, I'm already doing some mock drafts. I'm pretty excited about mock draft season. God, you're uh, a bro, John Mechie, man. I want John Mechie on the team. So, listen, this is going to be like Amari Rogers. Where last year I had the Amari Rogers rule, where Amari Rogers was in every single one of, and he, by the way, he looks like a terrible player, terrible so NFL bad. player. And I knew it from the start. I, <laughs> I wanted him so bad on the team. Dead. Who cares? This guy stinks. <laughs> I, we'll get into it during draft season. Yeah, I don't see it. With, I don't see it with John Mechie. No, no, no. no. I no. I also have Chris Olave colored glasses. Where like, oh, I, I see, mean, I see roses and hearts when I look at him, and no one else <laughs> is the same. But I just don't. See I it. mean, Olave would be my first pick, but like, I also don't know if they want to spend a first round pick on a court, on a wide receiver. I but. would, I would trade Mac Jones for Chris Olave <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lunatic. I know you've loved Olave since last year. I know that. No, but 2017. I got. I was gonna seats. say <laughs> they're ready to get tweeted on draft night. 2017 yeah. was he? What was he like? A freshman in high school or something was, like that? No, he was a redshirt freshman, and I tweeted before the Michigan game. I was like, Chris Olave is gonna go off today. He had a punt. No, he had a, a like a 60 yard receiving touchdown and three tackles on special teams. He's a that's stud. outrageous. He's the best. That's outrageous. Yep. He's good, but he's going to go super early, so they're not going to get him. But, yeah, but the guy I really want is is uh, Derek Stingley Jr. He's the guy I really want more than any other player in the entire draft is Derek Stingley Jr. Again, grandson of of Daryl Stingley. Like, come on, dude, that'd be unbelievable. And he's also an absolute stud. He hurt, tore his ACL this year, right? ACL was it ACL this year? Uh, it was another it's ligament. Something. Like he could have come back, but he chose not to. Okay, so he got hurt. Which shouldn't affect his draft stock, but it might. It might. And if it does, it does. I'm just saying, you know, so who knows? So, uh, but yeah, anyways, he's the guy that I'm like, oh my God, I think it's somehow good because they need to corner so bad. Um, but, you know, it's never going to happen because he's going to go like number five overall or something stupid like that. It was a ligament in his foot. It was only supposed to keep him out for two months, and but he just decided not to go back, he's like, which it. is the yeah, right decision. 100% the right decision. And by the way, let's just, can we just chat about that for like two seconds here? Maybe not two seconds because you know we're gonna go longer than that. But like, but but that's an interesting conversation last year. And you mentioned um, uh, Kirk um, Herb Street. Yep, Herb Street. Thank you. Uh, you know, talking about how the players don't love the game and, and all this and that, which is which is complete garbage to me. And, and I thought people should go back and watch that. What he very, said. Watch the segment. Very different than the 
30 second clip that people saw it really yeah he was talking about like superstar athletes not just every college football player that's ever played because got it so there you go but so, just, just i thought either way no no yeah yeah do that um but I will say I thought the best take was was Big Cat had the best take on it. I'm sure other people had it too, but but Big Cat was kind of the loudest with it, which is the players decide what they want to do. If a player decides he wants to play, then he plays. If he decides he doesn't want to play, then he doesn't play. <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't freaking matter. Let them choose because they have the ability to choose. Let them choose. Like, does anyone begrudge, and I'm sure people do, but does anyone begrudge like Brian Kelly for leaving Notre Dame before the before before the bowl game? No, they don't. Yeah. So no one even talks about it. It's not even a discussion, right? The players can decide what they want to do. They decide they want to stay and play, let them play. If they decide they don't want to stay and play and they when they want to opt out, then fine, opt out. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the first player I remember. I'm sure there were others, but he's the first one Fournette. I remember. Oh, Fournette opted out too? So, okay. Same year, same, same year. Okay, so there you go. So so those two guys opted out, and those are the ones where I remember people like, oh my God, like this and that. And I just thought like, yeah, dude, who cares? It's just a bowl game. Like, maybe was, you want to, you know. See, this is where, like, this is going to turn into a thing. But right. I, I feel like it started with the Outback Bowl, which is – it's become, like, the, the best non-New Year Six Bowl. But if you don't want to play in the Outback Bowl for the team that I root for, I do not care because it's the right. Outback. But this year – I'm an Ohio State fan, Chris Olave guy. Olave, Garrett Wilson, they both opted out of the Rose Bowl, which in my eyes, the Rose Bowl, right. is the, if it's not the national championship, it's the Rose Bowl, right? So right. it's become that whole thing. But then you look at guys like Oliver just said, Jalen yep. Smith. Jalen Smith, yep. This year with Ole Miss, the, the quarterback, uh, Matt Corral. Yep. You know, He's foot injury. Fine. Who knows what it is, but gets injured like the third play of the game, and then he's done. So you – Player or the people will begrudge the players, and then the coaches will go do the same thing, and they'll be like, "Oh, but look what he got! He got the big house and the money and the cars." Right. It's like the players are just doing the same thing. Correct. It's just yep. you don't you don't see what they're getting in return. You just see that it's hurting the team. And and Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma, and it didn't it didn't hurt. But Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, and it hurt bad. They right kind of they lost their way towards the end of that game. So yeah, uh, and it's you know. Let people make decisions is really what it is. If somebody Correct. makes a decision, let them do it and leave it. Whatever the repercussions of that decision are going to be, that's for them to deal with. You don't right. have to think about it. And that's and that's the other part of it is that, you know, like, why are we questioning what these kids are doing? Like, just let them let them choose. And the NCAA is giving them the opportunity to choose so they can choose. Now, if, if for me personally, if I were playing in the Rose Bowl, I would absolutely play in the Rose Bowl. But you mentioned Chris Olave. Okay, Olave doesn't play, and Garrett Wilson doesn't play, and Smith Marset goes off. Uh, no, uh, not Smith Marset. Smith, uh, Smith, Smith and Jigba goes off and has an unbelievable game. And he had been good all year, but like yeah. he's playing in the Rose Bowl. Everyone's watching that game, and all of a sudden now he's wide receiver one in twenty twenty three, and that happens because those two guys don't play. And, and then you know he still would have been not- good. Yeah, and it's not even just him. Marvin Harrison Jr., who yep. he had five catches all year, caught three right. touchdowns in the Rose Bowl as a true freshman. Next year, I mean, who knows? He's probably going to be a top five receiver in the country next year as a sophomore. Right. They've got a Julian Fleming, who's been hurt. He got an opportunity to play. He was number one recruit three years ago. He's a, he's a junior now, and he's fi- or he's a sophomore now, finally able to play. So like, it gives it gives opportunities to other guys because college football rosters have hundreds. Literal yep. hundreds of players, and 
60 of them play. The rest of them just right. stand there. And right. top flight athletes don't get to play because they're they're being blocked. So it's giving other people opportunities. I, I have no problem if Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, both who played in the Rose Bowl before, like who cares? They're like, yeah, we've done this right. before. I'm not right. going to go tear my ACL and lose out on a million dollars because – I want to be, exactly. you know what I'm saying? So, and that's, and that's really, that's really what we're looking at, right? Is you kind of look at it and say, okay, there's, if you're Chris Olave, how much can you really raise your, if you're Garrett Wilson, how much can you really raise your stock playing None. in the Rose Bowl? You can't, you can't, None. you're, you're maxed out on that, right? So there's only bad things that can happen from a draft perspective. Only bad things can happen. Of course you can win the Rose Bowl, which would be awesome. But like at the same time, if you take a step back and all of a sudden these guys now, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's not going to have any problem getting any shine because of who his dad right. is, right? Right. But still, you know, for him to play that well as a true freshman is is a pretty awesome, you know, moment for him that he gets. And again, like you said, because those two guys don't play. So it's one of those things where you just kind of look at it and say, hey, listen, let them choose. And again, I don't begrudge the kids for whatever they want to do. If the kids want to play, let them play. I got no yep. problem with that. You know, because you can't shout about, about, you know, oh, they shouldn't play because of injuries. Well, then if a kid plays and gets injured, well, don't yell because, oh, the kid got injured. Well, he wanted to play, and he got injured. Matt Corral got injured. He right. wanted to play the game. They lost, or they – did they lose? Either way, it doesn't matter. He gets hurt, right? And oh, so it's like, lost. okay, yeah. That's what I thought, yeah. So because they had a backup quarterback and everything. So, you know, they lose and, and whatever, and he gets hurt. And so, yeah, it sucks. But, like, so what? You know, that was his decision, and, and it didn't work out the way he wanted it to work out. And so I just feel like, you know, we're sitting here arguing about it. And, and again – I do think the majority of people do believe that the kids can choose and, and kind of say, hey, listen, we'll just go with whatever. But I just, you know, there is that small segment where they're like, oh, those kids, they commit to play it and they should. And it's like, dude, stop it. Like, just I think by now we all know that the NCAA is crooked as hell and they're making all this money and the and these players aren't making any money. And now that now that the NIL is there, it's pretty cool. They're able to actually make money from sponsorships and stuff, but they don't see one penny of the money that the NCAA gets. So right. screw the NCAA as far as I'm concerned, and the kids can do whatever the hell they want. So exactly. anyways, all right, little college little college football discussion. That's a, that's a, that's about as much college football knowledge as I have. So I'm spent. I'll go forever. You know I will. <laughs> I know. I know you I will. will. Well, you're from Texas. You know what I mean? That's the way it goes. So For, I, I lived in Texas. Don't, well, that's true. Texas. That's a good point. I'm sorry. You're from stinks. Massachusetts, you know but that. you lived in Texas. But still, you, that's – you you've lived in Texas enough that that you know you didn't have a choice but to care about fo- college football, right? No, so. it's I, I not to go back to it, but I agree hundred percent. If you want to allow people to make decisions, you can't. No matter what their decision was, if you agree or not, you right. can't go back and you know bash them for it. That's correct. That's so ridiculous. Yep, yep. And I think ultimately that that's that's what it comes down to. If they have a decision to make, they make that decision. You respect it. Period. End of story, right? And I think that that's why, you know, not to, that's why with the vaccine stuff, it's like, hey, listen, guys are unvaccinated. It's the way it is. That's why when stuff like AB and Aaron Rodgers happens, people get pissed about it because, like, bro, you have a choice. Do what do what you're gonna do. That's fine, but don't lie to us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just make your choice. So right. So, but anyways, all right. So that was a fun little conversation. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Hopefully the Patriots will get a win this weekend in Miami. And we'll be back next week. Uh, Spags will be with us again next week. And hopefully we'll have a nice uh, nice special guest. Maybe you've heard his voice before, but we'll have a nice special guest. He's on week. your TV right now. I'm looking over. He's just oh, he's right there Look the at that. Look at that. So hopefully we'll have a uh, special guest next week. All right, guys. Have a good weekend. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you.